We want, to jo- we want to welcome everyone that's joining us by live stream this morning. Uh, we go live at 11 o'clock every, mo- every Sunday morning. We want to welcome all those in their living rooms or wherever you're watching us from this morning. Uh, you are part of the family. Even though you're not here in, uh, in, in, uh, in body, you're here in spirit. Oh, my wife lets me know that there's a, we have a pretty good group of people that watch us. Amen. That's not to brag on me. It's to brag on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. I thank God for the, for the internet. And I thank God for the, the, the tools that we have that we can reach more people than just the people in Wimberley. Of course, we do uh, enjoy new couples moving to Wimberley and becoming a part of our body. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles there with you, let's all be turning to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to finish up this uh, teaching I actually I began last Sunday uh, on the fear of the Lord. And I want to encourage anyone who wasn't here for that first part, for part one, to go to our website and download that and listen to it. It will help you and it will also be a blessing to you if you'll be a doer of the word. Amen? So I want to continue that message this morning. And I'm going to talk to you about walking in the fear of the Lord. We talked last week about the fear of the Lord will produce holiness in your life. Amen? Uh, But we want to talk this morning about walking in that holiness and walking in that fear of the Lord. How many of y'all know it's important how you live? And anyone can look at today's society and the culture of today. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know and conclude that there's not very many people in this world uh, and in our society that even have the remotest Fear of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And unfortunately, you look at a lot of today's churches and the folks in those churches, you don't see a fear of the Lord in them either. And I'm not being critical, my brothers and sisters. I'm being truthful. Because anyone who has the minimal of Bible teaching can see that what I'm saying to you is the truth that not many Christians even think about God other than on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays, let alone have a fear, a reverent fear of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about a fear of the Lord that makes you scared of him, like God's on a throne somewhere, and if you you don't behave totally holy, then he's going to swat you with a big saint, fly swatter. He's not going to do that. Amen? I'm talking about uh, uh, the, the fear of the Lord really means to honor Him. It means to reverence Him. It means to be in awe of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means to submit to Him. It means to put God first. In other words, and I'll just use me Uh, when I have a genuine fear of the Lord, then I will do my best to line up my life with the Word of God. And really, 
That's what the fear of the Lord will do in anybody's life. Amen? Amen. But it's a process. Everybody say process. process. So like I always say, and I say this all the time, just let God work on you in your process, wherever you are. Don't let the condemn, uh, devil condemn you that you're not where you think you ought to be. Amen? Because that's what he'll do. And I preach a pretty tough message. I've been told I preach a pretty tough message even to baby Christians. But let me tell you something. The Bible says, and I just said it, train up a child in the way they should go. I believe I started learning this kind of stuff when I first got born again. Amen. That's why I teach it no matter who's sitting in the congregation. I'm not judging you one way or the other, whether you're an old Christian, a baby Christian. I'm going to preach the same to every one of us. Amen? Because we all need to hear the same word. And I've heard so many times, and this is not a, a credit to me, it's a credit to the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God, but I've heard it from so many people that when they come to this church, they have never heard the word of God preached like it's preached here. I preach a relevant word. I'm not trying to pump you up and make you feel good about yourself. I'm trying to give you something when you go out there into that real world out there that you're able to handle everything that's waiting on you. And you're able to be a victor instead of a victim. Church shouldn't be raising up victims. But too many churches, they pump a, pump a crowd up with uh, uh, rock and roll uh, music and then a preacher that gets up there and jumps up and down and preaches a, a, a irrelevant word. But all he has to do is get you excited and get you all jumping and, whoo, yeah. And then you walk out of the church and you go, what did he say? Amen. I want you when you walk out these doors that you have something that you can take out there with you. Amen? That's what the fear of the Lord will do. But it's a process. Philippians 2.12 says this. Just look at the board and write the scripture down. It says, work out your own salvation. With what? Fear and trembling. That's not, again, that's not a, a fear that you fear God's going to strike you dead. It, but it does mean that we continue to work on ourselves. Husbands, don't try to work on your wives. And wives, don't try to work on your husbands. Amen? Let God do all the working. And we work on ourselves. And we work on ourselves all throughout our life on this planet. Listen to me. None of us, everybody say none of us, have arrived. None of us are a finished product. Amen? Now, as born-again believers, we are finished as far as our spirit man or our spirit woman is concerned. When you got born again, your spirit was made new. How many of you know you got flesh that you got to contend with? How many of you know you got a soul that you got to get renewed to the Word of God? Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. You got to get them in check. Amen? Hallelujah. So when talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about honoring God. We're talking about giving God and His Word first place in our lives instead of making Him secondary in our lives. 
Why? Because it matters how we live. It matters how we live. Hallelujah. That means as I or you see the world and our society getting crazier and crazier. How many of you know our society's getting crazy? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. As we see it getting crazier and crazier, and we see more darkness growing on uh, on the face of the earth, growing darkness is happening in our planet, that you and I do everything we can to get a light, get lighter and lighter or be a light to this world. Can you say amen to that? The Bible says in Isaiah 62, write that down, 60 verse 2, it says that in the last days, gross darkness will cover the earth. But then it also says, as for you and me, the Lord will arise over us and his glory will be seen on us. Can you say amen? In other words, there ought to be something different about those who fear the Lord. That, uh, that our lives ought to look uh, different than that person that's still living by the standards of this world. That's why this is such an important message, my brothers and sisters, especially in this hour in which we're living. Amen? So let's begin here. That was my introduction. Hallelujah. Let's begin in 1 Peter chapter 1. And I know this was our foundation scripture for last week, but faith comes by hearing. Amen. First Peter chapter one. And this is the word of the Lord. This is not the word of Peter. God spoke it through Peter, right? But we learned last week that all scripture is given by what? Inspiration. Inspiration of God and men of old have brought it toward the people. Amen. I'm not a man of old but I'm bringing you the word. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So this is Peter telling us through the word of the Lord just how our life, let me just use me, how my life is to look. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 14. Look at this. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to your former lust, as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all. Everybody say all. In all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Now we're not going to reteach that whole message that I taught last week. I expect you to go to the website and download it. But I do want you to understand that when God says be holy, as I am holy, that means we can. I've had too many Christians come to me and say, well, nobody can keep from sin. And yes, you can. Or he wouldn't have said right here, be holy as I'm holy. Amen. God ain't ever going to tell you you can do something or to do something that you can't do. Matter of fact, I think there's a scripture that says, uh, is it all, we can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens us. I think that's Philippians 4.13. Amen. That we have to resist our flesh. Resist the devil. Amen. Sometimes our flesh can be one and the same with the devil. 
if our flesh ain't lining up with God's word. Amen. So we're not going to reteach that message, but I want you to know and I want you to write it down. I can do all things through Christ. So if God tells me to be holy, then I can be holy. Amen. Hallelujah. We can live holy lives. He said in verse 15, he said, be holy in all your conduct. Not part of it. Not the parts that you show us when you come to church on Sundays. All your conduct. In other words, don't be a weekend Christian. Be a 724 Christian. I got one all right and a couple grunts. Hey, I'm telling you the truth. How many of you, how many of you, just quiz, how many of you like the blessings of God? Then you ought to, you ought to raise your hand to want to be holy because you can't have one without the other. Amen. It's a covenant. God makes a covenant with us. He said, be holy in all your conduct. How many of you know all means all? Everybody say all. all. Tell your neighbor, all your conduct. Now, look at this in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. Everybody loves this part. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many of you know when he says he's blessed us with all, that means all? So that's God's part, right? He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now look at verse 4. Just as he chose you or chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should what? Oh my gosh. Be holy and without blame before him in love. Notice God has already blessed us with everything that heaven has to offer. But in verse 4, now watch this. He tries, or he actually ties our uh, level of blessing to how we live our lives. Your, uh, your blessings are all on you. And my blessings are all on me. And it's how I live my life. Am I living my life for him? Or I, do I just put on Christ when I come to church to stand before you? Yeah. Am I the same Christian in H-E-B yeah. as I am in here on Sundays? Yeah. Or am I the same Christian that driving down the road when somebody cuts me off? I don't know. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm coming up on somebody's porch. Amen. You know, we're a work in progress, but God wants us to start pressing forward. Amen. I want, I've got all kinds of Hill Country Cowboy stickers in there, but I'm going to allow you to put one on your car if you're going to tell somebody they're number one when they want number one in your life when they cut you off. Look at all these women looking at their husbands. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. We're all a work in progress, but God, progress. Now we're working the same every day, never changing. 
Never living more for God. Didn't we just sing a song that we want to be more like Him? Well, don't sing it if you don't believe it. Don't sing it if you ain't going to do it. Or just sing it in faith, okay? I know I'm not like you, Lord, but I want to be. Amen. He ties our level of blessing to how we live our lives. Now pull up at verse 4 in the Amplified Bible, please. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says this in the Amplified. It says, even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own. Woo, isn't that good? Because you're sitting in this room today. How many of you know the heathen ain't going to hear this message? So he's talking to all of you folks in here and all of you folks watching my live stream. He said, I have chosen you for my own. Amen. I'm chosen by God. Hallelujah. Chosen for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world. That we should what? Be holy. Now look what holy means. Consecrated and set apart for him. Are you consecrated and set apart for Christ in your life? Just asking for a friend. Because he already knows. I'm asking so you'll ask yourself, am I really? Am I a, a work in progress? Do I really want to consecrate myself to God Almighty? Amen. Am I set apart for him? Am I blameless in his sight? Not mine. I'll allow anything in my life I did before. Amen. What happened in the Garden of Eden is that man got the knowledge of good and evil where man can just say what's good in his life and what ain't good. But let me tell you something. God says, I'm going to judge you by my word. I'm going to judge you by my word. So I want to be right in his eyes. Amen? Amen. And listen, I know there's, there's, let me just say this so you'll know my heart. I know there's teachings out there that say once saved, always saved, that you get saved and there's no way you can lose your salvation. But you know something? In my Bible, that's not true. Amen. But here's the thing, and I told this to a brother yesterday. I'm not going to sit around and argue with people about that. Because if their Bible and their, what they're reading is good and I can live any way I want to, if I can live like hell on uh, Monday through Saturday and then just live for God on Sunday, if I can do that and still get into heaven, I'm okay. But if what I'm saying is true and God expects holiness to be at least in your heart, your flesh don't have to be perfect, but your heart has to be right. If I'm right and they're wrong, they're in trouble. And that's my stand on it. I'm going to do my best to line up my life with the Word of God. That was my opening statement. You need to do everything in your life to line your life up with the Word of God because that's what He's going to judge you by. He's not going to judge you on how good you are, how much you gave to the Red Cross, how much you gave to this church, that's not it. That's a part of it, but that's not it. 
He's going to judge you what's on the inside of your heart. Because what's on the inside of your heart is what you'll live every day when you're not in the presence of the pastor. Amen. That we were supposed to be blameless in his sight, even above what? Reproach before him in love. Notice he says we are to be consecrated and set apart for him, not for this world or the things of this world. We learned last week, if you, if you have a love for the things of this world, the love of God is not in you. Amen. If you have a love for the things of this world, we learned also last week that you're an enemy of God. How many of you know God is not going to inhabit heaven with all, his, all of his enemies? He's going to inhabit heaven with those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Don't you think baby Christians could hear this too? Don't, you, don't we need to train up the baby Christians in the way they should go? I, I don't want nobody to have to go through all the hell I went through. Amen. I'm trying to save people from going through that. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, be set apart. Not for the world, but for him. Now watch this. Blameless in his sight. Not perfect. Everybody say not perfect, but blameless. And if your heart's right, you will be blameless. But listen. After a while, your heart needs to line up. I mean, your, your flesh needs to line up with your heart. Amen? We are blameless before God when our heart is right with Jesus and we have a reverent fear <coughs> of the Lord. Can you say amen? <coughs> Hallelujah. And listen, most of you know me. Your pastor's preaching to himself too. Okay? I have not arrived. Walking in the fear of the Lord will help us to live holy. But walking in the fear of the Lord, listen to me, is a choice. You have to make the choice to do that. So let's go back to 1 Peter. I want to look at something else that the fear of the Lord will produce in your life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 14. It's where we started. Say amen when you're there. Because I want you to mark this in your Bibles. It says, as obedient children. Everybody say, I'm an obedient child. Those who didn't say it need to say it by faith. Amen. You ain't lying if you say you're an obedient child. Because what you're saying will come to pass if you keep saying it. Amen. As obedient children, we're going to stop right there. And I want you to write this down on the tables of your heart, not on a piece of paper that will get lost. Write this on your heart. The fear of the Lord produces obedience. The fear of the Lord produces obedience. He says right here, as obedient children. So, Using myself, if I'm going to walk in the fear of the Lord and I'm really going to reverence God and honor him, then I must, by the word of God, have a love for his word and be willing to be corrected. 
The word of God will correct us where we need to be corrected. Amen. The fear of the Lord produces obedience. The Amplified in that verse 14 says this. says, live as children of obedience to God. And again, I'm going to say not perfect children, but obedient children. None of us are perfect. Amen. I know you men have been telling your wives y'all are perfect for them, but you're not. Amen. We are to live as perfect children, though. Amen. Perfect in our heart. We are to live as children of obedience. What does that mean, Pastor? Glad you asked. It means that we are doing our best to change when God tells us to change. How many of you know that any given day you can fall short of that? Amen. Any given day, we can blow it. Any given moment, somebody might say something wrong to you that rubs your hair on the back of your head the wrong way, and you're going to get mad at them. Amen. I know I'm the only one that's ever done that. But when I do that, the Word tells me to repent. Amen. So I go to the Father and I say, uh, Father, help me. Help me to walk in a reverent fear of you and of the Lord Jesus Christ in this area, whatever it is. It may not be anger. In whatever area it is, help me to walk uh, in the fear of the Lord in that area. Help me to yield my attitudes toward you and your word. Make my attitude better than it is today. Amen? I want to yield to you better. I want to live, uh, you to live through me, the song said. I want you to live through me better, Father God. I'm tired of yielding to my carnal thoughts. I'm tired of yielding to my carnal flesh. I no longer want to be a flesh person. I want to be a spiritual person. I, want to, I also no longer want to live according to my emotions. We need to put our emotions in check. And I mean check by the Word of God. I'm not talking about the good emotions like having joy and peace and all that. I'm talking about that hateful emotion that is in all, every one of us that sometimes comes out toward people when they rub us the wrong way. Can you say amen to that? Get rid of that. Get it out of your life. Amen? Start right where you're at and get that out of your life. Your life will be better for it. Your life. Not that anybody else's life, your life. Amen. Father, I know emotions come. But I want to get to that place in my life where they don't rule me. Too many people are ruled by their emotions instead of being ruled by the Word of God. Where emotions no longer rule my attitude, where my emotions no longer rule my mouth, where I say things I don't really mean, and I have to go back and retract them because I really don't want them to come to pass. Where my emotions don't rule my actions so I don't act like I shouldn't be acting toward people, no matter how, they're acting toward me. 
Yeah, it's getting a little quiet in God's house, and I understand why. This word corrected me as well. Amen. How many of you know all of us have room to grow? Amen. Father God, help me to yield my life to you and your will so I can live obedient. Isn't that what God wants from you as well? Amen. Look at verse 14 again from the Amplified Bible. It says, live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you, past tense, governed you, not still governing you. Amen? In your former what? And nobody wants to say that word. In your former ignorance, when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. How many of you in here just found out there are requirements in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. I thought the only thing I had to do was just confess, do a confession, and I was saved, and then I could go on and live like I wanted to. No, there's requirements in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who can tell me what the first requirement was? <laughs> That's my Wednesday night crowd. <laughs> Repent. The first word Jesus said in his, when he started preaching was repent. Have a change of mind. Have a change of heart for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Too many people, especially too many, let's just keep it real. Too many Christians don't want to repent until they see the other person beg and plead for their forgiveness. The repenting is not for them, it's for you. My repenting and asking God to forgive me is not for the one that I may have sinned against other than God. It's because I sinned against him because I sinned against his word. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I need everybody in this room and everybody watching by the live stream to get a hold of this. All of us must be willing to be obedient when God speaks to us. Amen. When he speaks to me about me, I need to heed what he's telling me. If I want to get closer to God, <clears throat> then I have to be willing to be obedient when he tells me where I'm missing it and he tells me where I need to change. You want to be obedient to God or get closer to God? Your obedience and your adjustment to his will is mandatory, not optional. That's if you want to get closer to God. Many Christians don't want to get close to God. They just want to get into heaven. And if that's you, that's okay. But you need to really read the Bible and see what it even takes to get there. Amen? i tell you one thing you can't be. You can't be an enemy of God. Ain't going to be no enemies there. I'm a friend of God. I said I'm a friend of God. Are you a friend of God? Amen. If you and I want to walk in the fear of the Lord, if we want to walk in his wisdom and we want to walk in his knowledge, that's not just going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen just because you come to a good church. It's not going to happen because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's going to happen when you yield to the Holy Spirit and start doing what God's telling you to do. Amen? 
Amen. When you and I are walking in the fear of the Lord, constant adjustments are being made in the areas of our life. Amen. We have to be willing to change. Right now, I want everybody to say, I am willing to change when God tells me to change. Amen. Our lives need to line up with God's word. Can you say amen to that? And again, I keep saying this, but I guess I'm going to have to keep saying, we're all a work in progress. Don't let the devil condemn you if you're not where you think you ought to be. Stop thinking about it and just start where you're at and move forward. Amen? That's all I do every day. I get up every day wanting to be better than the person I was before, the day before. Amen? Because we're all a work in progress. But it's a choice on our part, listen to me, to keep the process moving forward. The process just isn't going to automatically move in your life. You have to move it. Amen? God's already done all he's going to do. He's not going to come down out of heaven and drag you over the finish line. You got to want to get over the finish line. Can you say amen? And that's what the fear of the Lord does. It motivates us to keep moving forward in obedience to God's word. Can you say amen? Now, look at this in Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And while you're turning there, let me encourage you. Don't get down on yourself. I said, don't let the devil get you down, but don't get down on yourself. A lot of people get self-condemning. Read Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. Amen. Do not get down on yourself if you fall short in the area of obedience. Because we have all fallen short at some time or another. And what we do, what I do is I just get back up. Say, Father, forgive me. I'll do better. Amen. Isn't that easy? See how easy that is? Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 1. Now this is the suggestion. Oh, that's not what your Bible says. That's why I encourage everybody to bring a Bible. So the man of God in the public can't just tell you anything. Now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach to teach you, excuse me, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to, to possess. Now that word observe there means to do in the Hebrew. Don't, so it's, you read it like this. So that you may do them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Verse, uh, verse number two, that you may... Fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you, your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. How I many of you want to live prolonged days? I want my prolonged to end when the trumpet sounds. 
and the eastern sky splits and we're caught up to be with him in the air. That's when my prolong's going to end. And then praise God, I, when I see him face to face, you know what? All the questions will be answered and I'll be just like him. Hallelujah. Isn't that something to look forward to? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse number three. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. That, that word observe, again, means to do. Be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God your, of your fathers has promised you. Look at this. A land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with what? All your heart. With all your what? Your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And with all your strength. So you put everything into loving him first. Isn't that amazing that Jesus only brought two commandments with him? Amen? And if you can just do the first two, you'll fulfill all the rest of them. Yeah, that's easier than 1,050, right, Jason? How I many of you know there's 1,050 New Testament commandments that we are required to do? And if you do the first one and you just want to spend your whole life just trying to make your daddy God happy, you'll fulfill the rest of them. Amen. I know you ain't shouting me down. That's okay. Because I, I don't care if you shout. I just want you to be a doer of the word. Amen. It says, uh, and these, wor these words which I command you today, that's verse number six, shall be in what? <laughs> What's pastor always say? Put the word down in your heart. Put the word down in your heart. Put the word down in your heart. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Notice God's will and his promise to you and I is to prolong our days on this earth. His promise is to multiply us greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. And I don't really know what all that land and milk and honey includes. But listen, if it is from God Almighty, it has to be gooder than what I have now. How many of you want gooder in your lives? Amen. It has to be gooder, and it's, it's all yours and mine. When, everybody say when, not if. When. When we walk in the fear of the Lord. What is walking in the fear of the Lord? I told you earlier, but I'm going to tell you again. Look at verse number two. It says that you may fear the Lord your God here it is. Here's how to walk in his fear. To keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. Now watch this. You and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. Man, that just thrills me. But you know what he's saying there? How many know? Uh, how, many of you, how many of the commandments does he want you to keep? How many of the statutes? All of them? How many days of your life is it going to prolong? All of them. Amen. Notice that God's promises are passed down. This is what I want to show you. 
to sons and grandsons. Hey, Grandpa, pass it down to your kids. Amen? How many grandpas, we got? granddads or pawpaws, whatever, do we have in here? Amen. How many of you want your, your, uh, the word to be and all the blessing to be passed down to your son and grandsons? Some of you are afraid to even raise your hand because you know it's a... <laughs> I'm not trapping you because you're already trapped by the word of God. Amen? All right. It's passed down to sons and grandsons. Listen, my brothers and sisters, our being obedient to God and his word isn't just something we are to practice on Sundays and Wednesdays. Our being obedient to God and his word is to be practiced every day. In other words, obedience to God and his word becomes our lifestyle. And when it's our lifestyle, listen to me, dads and moms, then we will teach that lifestyle to our children. Are you hearing me? Look at verse 7. It says, you shall teach them. That kind of sounds like that scripture, what is it, 22? I'll get it in a minute. It says, train up your children. It says, you shall teach them diligently. That means every day, guys. You will teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit at your house, You will, when you walk by the way with your kids, when you lie down at night, you'll put them to bed and speak in the word of God. And then when they rise up, you'll speak the word of God some more. Amen? It says you shall bind them around as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Notice when we're living in the reverent fear of the Lord, we will teach the reverent fear of the Lord to our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 10 tells us why we should be doing that. These are the benefits and the blessings of teaching your kids the fear of the Lord. Can you say amen? says, so it shall be. How many of you know when God says, so it shall be, that's the way it is. So it shall be. So it shall be in John's life. So it shall be in Jason's life or Brenda's life or Brian's life. When the Lord your God brings you into a land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities. Wow, I like that which you did not build. Houses full of good things, of all good things. Excuse me, ladies, I didn't mean to leave that out. That means all good things. You ladies all said amen to that. Which you did not fill. Hone out wells, which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full. Look at this. Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's out of your sin. Egypt in the Bible is significant to sin in your life. When he brought you out of Egypt or your sin from the house of your bondage. Amen. You shall fear the Lord your God and what? Serve him and shall take oaths in his name. In other words, everything I do is in the name 
of Jesus. Amen? But I want you to notice from verse 1 to verse number 13, God is dealing with what? Everybody say obedience. Nothing in God happens without me being obedient. And nothing is going to happen in your life without your obedience. And to the level that John is obedient to God's word is the level that God can move on my behalf and move in my life. It's a covenant, guys. I do not treat my heavenly father as my sugar daddy that I get out every once in a while to, to bring something to pass in my life. Matter of fact, my whole life is to serve him. And when I learned that principle right there, when I learned that my purpose in life is to serve God Almighty, and let me tell you something, it's your purpose too, whether you know it or not. When I learned to, my purpose is to serve him, then I quit worrying about everything being done for me. He said, I will supply all your riches and all your, all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, didn't he? How many of you know Christ Jesus is the living word of God? Amen. So when John starts living through Christ Jesus and letting Christ Jesus or his word live through me, that's when God is going to supply all of my needs. And I'm not just talking about money. If money is your highest need from God, you've missed the message. There's far more than money that's available through God. Amen. That wasn't in my notes. That was the Holy Ghost, so I got to catch up where I'm at. Hallelujah. What he's saying here is we are to give God's word first place in our life. That I, John, am supposed to give him first place in my home and in my family. And I am to do my part by keeping God's word in front of my eyes as much as possible. Amen? That don't mean you have to tape scriptures to your forehead or write scriptures on the walls of your house. It means you and I are to have a heart after God and his word. A heart after him. Amen? Now, if you want to put some scriptures on your, on your refrigerator to confess, I got one brother, he tapes them to his truck so he can remind himself. That's not a bad thing. Amen. That his word is what leads and guides us in every area of our life. Psalms 119, 105, write that down. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God's word is what lights and illuminates uh, his path for me. Amen. He, he illuminates the path that he wants me to take. Not the path that I want to be on. The path that he wants me to take. Which means sometimes his word's going to illuminate things in my life that I need to change. Hallelujah. Things that I need to remove. In order to stay on his path. See, it's all about staying on what? The straight and what? Narrow. Narrow. The straight and narrow. Read Matthew 7. 
I want to stay on the straight and narrow. Yes. Amen. I don't want to be a fence rider. My daughter enlightened me, said the fence belongs to the devil. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't want to be on the fence. Amen. The path that God chooses for me is a whole lot better than the path I chose for myself. When I was without his guidance. So yeah, when he points out things in my life that I need to work on and change, I go to work on changing them. In other words, I do what Peter said in 1 Peter 1.14. I get rid of those things that I once did in my ignorance. I get them out of my life when I was stupid. All those stupid things I used to do, like drink, smoke, party, do dope, get angry all the time, not take anything off of anybody, willing to give anybody a piece of my mind, whether they wanted it or not. I get those things out of my life. Those things were where we read where Peter said that there were, <coughs> excuse me, requirements in the gospel. Remember that? Yeah. That we're supposed to do what the gospel requires us to do. If you want God's word to illuminate and light up your path in your life, you're going to have to get rid of some of those things you did in your ignorance as well. Yeah. Are you with me? My brothers and sisters, changing to be more like Jesus is not bad. Amen. Bad is wanting to stay where we are. Bad is wanting to hang on to those things that we think God don't know about, that don't line up with his word. That's what bad is. You know why? Because there's a devil out there who wants to bring bad to you. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down now. That's why my attitude is this. I'm going to get on and stay on God's path. And when his path requires me to change directions, then in Jesus' name, I'm going to change directions. Can you say amen to that too? So he's saying here for us to know his word and for us to obey his word and for us to teach that word to our kids. In other words, Christians are to be training up their children and to walk in the light of God's word. How can you train your children up to do something? By doing it yourself. Matter of fact, you cannot train your children up to do something you're not doing. Amen. How can someone teach your children to walk in the fear of the Lord that they're not walking in? How can they teach their children to honor God in his word if they don't honor God in his word except on Sundays? Again, I'm just asking for a friend. How do we as parents set a negative example before our kids with our lives and the way we live and then expect a positive outcome in our kids' lives? My brother and sister, it just don't work that way. Here's the scripture, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let me say this, this ignorant attitude of do as I say do and not like I do will not work. Amen. It ain't going to work. You know why? 
because your kids, more times than not, will do exactly what you do. They're going to do what you do, not what you say do. Because it's a double standard. I can't tell my kids to do one thing, and I did. My kids was growing up, don't smoke them cigarettes. They'll kill you. I smoked them for 32 years. Don't do drugs. It's not good. It's against the law. I did drugs. I couldn't tell them to do something that I wasn't doing. And I couldn't tell them not to do something that I was doing. Yeah, it's getting awful quiet in God's house. It's like we're living in a condominium all in the same building. Right? <laughs> Don't be up on your husband. Hallelujah. That ignorant attitude, they're going to do exactly what you do. Get a hold of that. If you want to train up your child to honor God in his word, then you need to honor God in his word. You want your children to walk in the fear of the Lord and serve him, you're going to have to walk in the fear of the Lord and serve him. You've got to be an example to your kids, not a mouthpiece. In other words, don't just say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord but do the things it takes for you and your house to serve the Lord. Are you with me? <clears throat> Real quickly, I've been, the Holy Ghost took over, but let's go to Deuteronomy 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hallelujah. Y'all better listen, Pastor. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 12. says, And now, Israel... How many of you know that you're engrafted into the Word of God and that you're a child of Israel? Amen. You're part of the Abrahamic covenant. So this is talking to you and me, right? And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God, oh my gosh, require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, now look at this, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with what? all your heart and all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. If you, if that's in your Bible, underline that that's for your good. Notice all these commandments and stat, uh, statutes are for our good. Amen. Not God's good for yours. So me having a reverent fear of the Lord and me doing the best in, uh, to walk in his ways and serve his kingdom, God says that, John, that's for you. That's where you can get all that stuff out of your life and you can start serving me and therefore I can bless you. And again, I'm not talking about money. That's part of it, but that's not the whole reason I do these things. That certainly ain't the reason I preach. I preach because God set me free. And I want to set somebody, I want to help set somebody else free. If I can keep you from having to live half the hell I went through, I'm going to do it. Because I love you. I love each and every one of you. Amen. I love all those watching my live stream. Hallelujah. And you, you and I are all the same. We ought to be wanting to help, love each other enough to help other people. 
I'm just saying. It's for our good. It's for my good. Everybody say, it's for my good. Say, I do God's commandments and, and, his, and all his statutes. I'm watching your lips for my good. Amen. I know somebody was just thinking, well, I'm not going to say if I'm lying about it. Well, you ain't lying about it. Bible says, call those things which be not as though they were. Don't it? Don't faith do that? Amen. So having a reverent fear of God is me to walk with God. Amen. And it's not for his good. It's for mine. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't experienced everything God has for me yet. But what I have experienced in the Lord is far better than anything I've experienced in this world. The goodness I've experienced in the Lord is what motivates me to love God even more. It's what motivates me to honor Him with my life. It's what God makes me hunger and thirst after His righteousness, to hunger and thirst after His Word. But most of all, uh, the goodness I've experienced in the Lord is what motivates me to continue doing my best to love and obey Him. So the fear of the Lord produces obedience. So let's close over here in, in John 14. John chapter 14. <clears throat> and I want you to hear what I have to say. If there was ever a message that needed to be preached to today's church, this is it. The ch today's church needs to hear about having a fear of the Lord. Amen? Why you say that, Pastor? Listen to me. Because Jesus is coming back for a church and coming back for a church body that is walking and living for Him. Not a perfect church, but a church whose heart is set steadfast on the things of God. My question to you today is that you. Are you that church? I'm that church. My heart is steadfast toward God. Can you say amen? John 14, 21. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. And for all y'all have a red letter Bible, you'll find out that this is red letter and everything in red is, was written and said by the Son of the living God. Amen? It says in verse 21, the person, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you, so wake up. The person who has my commands and keeps them. That word keeps is also the word obey. So that person who has my commands and keeps or obeys them is the one who, look at this, really loves me. Not just gives me lip service, but really loves me. And whoever really loves me, will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him or her, and I will show, reveal, manifest myself to him, praise God, and I will let myself be clearly seen by him. Ooh, isn't that good? And I will make myself real. I serve a real God. I can see his reality in my life every day. 
How many of you want to see God's reality in your life? Amen. I will make myself real to him. Who's Jesus going to make and manifest and make himself real to? Amen. Everybody say me. The man or woman of God who what? Obeys his commands. Or obeys his word. Not a person uh, that just has God's word in their mental process. Not that person who just knows there is a God, that he's somewhere out there. Not just that person that comes to church on Sundays and hears God's word. Matter of fact, they come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. None of them in here, just those, you know. But then they don't do anything about it. They don't do anything with God's word. I used to be one of them. I used to love to come and hear God's word. I still do. The only difference between me and that back then is now I'm a doer of the word. Amen? Hallelujah. It's not somebody just comes to hear the word and then does nothing with it. Jesus is going to manifest and make himself real to those of us who do his word. He manifests himself to those who give God's word top priority in their life. He manifests himself to those who will get God's word from their head to their heart. He manifests himself to all those who guard over his word. And finally, he manifests himself to those who are willing to allow God's word to change them into what he created them to be, which is a son or a daughter of God. You were created to be a son of God. You were created, ladies, to be a daughter of God. And we are to obey our Father. Can you say amen to that? In closing, let me encourage each and every one of you. Again, don't be condemned, but start right where you are and keep moving forward in God. Learn to walk in the reverential fear of the Lord because it will transform your life for the better. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and give God some praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm happy that I get to hear the word. Amen. Amen. How many of you, uh, don't raise your hand, how many of you got sore feet this morning? (laughs) Some some of you wanted to, but (laughs) I, I saved you from that. Amen. All I can tell you is grow up in the Lord or wear thicker socks. Amen. Because the Word of God, we learned last week, the Word of God is to correct us. It is to show us how we're supposed to be living in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, let me just ask you this. Why do you think God put all of them scriptures in there to show you how to live? It's the requirements of the gospel. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves us. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what delivers us. Amen. So that's why he put all that in there. So we could fulfill the requirements of the gospel. You know why? Because he wants to see us in heaven. He wants to live with us forever. He created you and me to live with him forever in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm done. That was my second closing. You know, we never... 
let a service go by that we don't open the altar up to those who want to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time or rededicate their life to the Lord. I wrote something down that the Lord showed me, so I'm going to be able to read that. Hallelujah. I don't know who, which one of y'all's pencil that was, but it's down there when you need it. <laughs> God showed me where the first thing you and I have to do to know Him better is to be obedient. Do you know what you had to be obedient to? Romans 10, 9 and 10. You'll pull that up for me. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9 and 10. <clears throat> says that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to pay close attention. Back on that other one. Pay close attention to the word if. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. I'm going to tell you something right there before we move to 10. When you believe something in your heart, you'll do your best to live it. Amen. So don't give God your lip service. Give Him your life. Verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That's right, standing with God. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we're going to do that this morning. Even those who may be saved, I want you to pray along with us with every head bowed and every eye closed. If there's someone in this room that needs to rededicate their life to the Lord or give their life to the Lord for the very first time. We've all been there. Be a totally honest with you. I, I pretty much rededicate my life to Him every morning. Because every morning is new. His mercy is new every day, so why shouldn't I be new every day? Amen? I don't say this prayer every morning, but I still rededicate my life to Him. By just saying this, I want to live for you. I want to live for you. I don't want to live for myself no more. I want to live for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, you just want to start living for, the, for God and living for the Lord Jesus Christ, if this message has touched your heart and you want to change, today is the day of your salvation. I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Even those at home can raise their hand and God's going to honor you right there in your living room. With every head raised and every eye open now, I want everybody in this room and all those by live stream to repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. I believe that He died for my sin. He rose again. And right now, He's in heaven waiting on me to get there. Jesus Christ, come into my heart and make me new. Show me in your word what you would have me do, and I'll immediately do it. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord another clap offering. <clears throat> I'm telling you, everybody that raised their hand, and that includes me, today's a new day. Don't matter what you did yesterday. It don't matter if you fell short yesterday or not. Today's a new day. Leave this building today 
and start living your life in obedience to God and His Word. Can you say amen? amen? Last thing we always say is we serve a miracle working God and you are next in line for your miracle. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. <laughs>